Welcome to the Italian Football Podcast with John Solano, Carlo Garganese and Nima Tuvali. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to another episode of the Italian Football Podcast. We hope you are doing well. I know there's no way Carlo is going to be bringing up his favorite manager today because everything <laughs> went swimmingly at the weekend. Oh. So for those of you who uh, tuned in for any Allegri talk, I, I imagine you're going to be vastly disappointed because at can't imagine anything that anybody would have taken issue with him that happened no 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 he's back he beat Bologna and, and, <laughs> and Maccabi Haifa I mean he's, he's back right he's back. right hey, building blocks building well, blocks he's, start he's losing small. me I gotta be honest with you after that performance against you against Milan where which we're gonna get into he's, he's yeah losing let, let, hold, let's just do let's do the sound effect and get right into it because this is I'm just going to sit back and let the let the tape play. Just kind of see what happens. Let's just let's see what comes about. All right, here we go. All right. Well, no other place to start. Milan. They they dominated Juve, guys. Two to zero. Although the scoreline it, it may not appear as if it was a domination. Did either of you? At any point in that match, think to yourself, wow, Juve can overturn this because at no point did I think to myself, uh, Milan are not winning this. I thought Milan, except for the first maybe 15 minutes, there was no doubt about how this game was going to end. There was no doubt as to Milan going to win this. But for me, the thing that I found the most troubling from a Juve perspective and and, and satisfying from a Milan perspective is the ease with which Milan just brushed Juventus aside, completely brushed them aside, and did so in without even it felt like without even breaking out a sweat. They were tactically outstanding. Whatever issues there were in the first 15 minutes, Pioli addressed them immediately in game. And I think we have to start giving credit to Pioli's in-game management, who well, it's starting to be the I think there's a serious case to be made whether or not he is the best in-game management, uh, in-game coach in terms of in-game management in the Serie A. The way he addresses and changes things in the middle of a game when things aren't working, just minor tweaks always pays off. And it always seems to, to, to the players always seem to respond to it. They, they just controlled this game from start to finish. And, and like you said, John, this could have ended 4-5 nil. If if Milan wanted to, that, that that's the scary part for for Juve. Well, if that's what you have to say about Pioli, I can't imagine <laughs> if we were to give some sort of title to Allegri, what Carlo might. <laughs> well, just before I get select. to well, before I get to Allegri, I, I want to just give some credit to Milan. I thought that you know they after they were dominated by Chelsea, I thought that they showed that. They're a good reaction and they showed their spirit again, which is something which uh, I think has been the biggest strength of Milan um, this season and even last season in winning the Scudetto. I actually, to be honest with you, I didn't think they were anything special in this game, um, but they didn't need to be. You know, as Nima said, oh, they, God, they didn't even... Go. 
they didn't even really need to they didn't even really need to break sweat and you know Teo Hernandez was back and I think Milan had too much for Juventus down their left hand side I mean that was a complete mismatch you you know you've got Teo and Rafael Leao against Danilo and and well McKenny in the second half Danilo and Quadrado in the first half uh, I thought Leal was 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 brilliant again. Uh, I thought he was the only one against Chelsea that really turned up. Um, I want to give credit to Brahim Diaz. He showed that he is, for me, he's ahead of De Ketelaer in the pecking order for, for Milan in that number 10 position. Uh, I thought he scored a brilliant goal. Okay, it was a mistake originally by Vlaovic in the lead up to the goal, but the, the way that he, he, he took it, the way that he went past Bonucci, who was just like a statue in, in that challenge, uh, and they barely conceded anything defensively. I mean, look at the XG. I think uh, Milan was around about 2.5 XG for this game. Um, Juventus was about 0.5, 0.6. And, you know, again, we saw that Milan have a clear system, whereas Juventus have no no system at all. Um, the second half, Juventus were playing with with four central, four central midfielders in a 4-4-2. I mean, you don't, you don't even need to analyse that. Just have to laugh at it. And the, the 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 other interesting point from the Milan perspective, before I haven't even got to Allegri yet, John, don't worry, is Allegri has been saying all season, and I quote, let's see how Milan and Inter do when they've got five players missing. Well, we yeah, saw in this nah, game. I was going to bring that because, up. Because oh. the, 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 the Allegri disciples, the, those that are still living in 2015 and still think that Allegri's a top manager, have been saying, ah, oh, but... You know, they've been hanging on. The, the, those that are still remaining, and there's very few of them, have been hanging on to the, well, Juventus have got no Pogba, they've got no Chiesa, they've got no Di Maria. How would how would your team do if you had all these missing players? Well, Milan had actually had more missing players than, than Juventus have, and they've been decimated for the last few weeks. And, you know, they completely dominated in Juventus, Juventus with an equally decimated, if more decimated team. And the reason for that is simple. Pioli has a system of play. So that when yeah. he has players missing, those that come yeah. in can fit into that system. They might not be exactly. as good. Of course, they're not that good. They're as good as they would be. And we saw that against Chelsea. There's levels. Against Chelsea, you need your best players to beat them. But at this level, you know, the Milan players that came in could fit into the system, whereas Juventus have no system. So, you know, you, you, they, they, that's, this, is what you, this is the result of that. So, um, so yeah, first of all, I want to say well done to Milan. And I think it's uh, equally um, we're we're increasingly starting to see that this is becoming a, um, a two-horse uh, title race um, between Milan and and, um, and Napoli. That's that's the way I see it at the moment. I I, I agree with that. <clears throat> I, th- I think Napoli and, and Milan have shown that they even when they struggle, they they pull off wins and and they manage to control games and proceedings because they're very clear in how they want to play and they have players to play in those systems. Uh, very two very clear and coherent projects and, and tactical formations. I just want to give, I think Gabia and Pobega really impressed me as well. I mean, these are two young, again, young players who have not started too much and they walk, walk into the lineup and deliver. And it was really, really impressive to see. And again, the in-game management, because I think Juve did put up a fight the first 10 minutes, 15 minutes, but after that, they just they were they they played them off the park, Milan. It wasn't there was no, it, it, it didn't even it was never in doubt, and it was so easily, so easily done too. Which which brings mm-hmm. me to the next point, and I've been I've been very calm in the sense that I think you know should you 
what should you do and what what can you do and and should Allegri stay and not but i think it's 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 i think i'm i'm starting to question whether or not it's time to move on from him because this is this is not working at all juve don't look like a team at all they look like 11 individuals 11 individuals some of which have great skill individual skill and can make it work against lesser teams but against milan they just look there are there are at least two levels of quality between milan and juve as we saw on that we saw on saturday and the, and the, and there is a difference but not that big of a difference and i put that squarely at the foot of the manager because he clearly has no idea we're, we're 15 months in and he has no idea what formation he wants to play he has no idea what style he wants to play and he's playing the Serie A league as if every game was a cup final. You can't do that. You cannot do that. You you can't go into every single game adapting entirely to the opposition. And you, you could argue, well, maybe you can do that if you have more uh, experienced players. But you but but you have young players, and young players need to play in a system. And then in one off games, they can adapt. You just don't don't have that. They've got not, nothing. There's nothing there. Yeah, the big the big question for me now is, I mean, I've I've answered. I mean, everybody knows my view. I've been saying it for a year now that Allegri is is won't succeed at Juventus, and they they should get rid of him. Um, but the big question for me now, also looking into the the medium to long term future of Juventus, is will Juventus miss the top four this 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 season? And for me, if Allegri stays. There's absolutely no doubt about it. Juventus will not make the top four with Max Allegri. No chance. I mean, just you just look at their form. They're, they're now there's there's seven points off the off the top four already. We're only at the start of October. They're already seven points off the top four. They're they're ten points off the off the the top of the table off off Napoli. And you look at their form, not just this season, but for the last six months. And that form is 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 a team fighting against relegation. The last 17 games in all competitions, competitive games, not even including not including the preseason friendlies in which they lost most, most lost most of those as well. Their last 17 games in all competitions, that's almost half a league season. Won five, drawn five, lost eight. I mean, that's re- that's relegation form. Their last 12 Serie A games dating back to April, won three, drawn five, lost four. I mean that isn't going to change. That's not just a few games a month bad form. That's six months form, you know, and whether or not Pogba comes back, Chiesa comes back, they're not coming back to the new year anyway, and they're going to need probably a month, two months. Chiesa might, might, probably won't be back to his best, back to his normal levels till 23, 24 season. And Pogba, we don't know what's going to happen with him. He might have a recurrence, you know. He, so there's, there's, for me, there's no chance. Allegri in big games, this is a big game against Milan. Allegri in his big games, um, 17 big games since Allegri return three against Milan four against Inter two against Napoli two against Atalanta two against Villarreal uh, two against Chelsea one against Benfica and one against PSG 17 big games one win I mean if that isn't damning enough I mean that is just absolutely shocking and I can go through more and more stats Juventus away from home this season away from home they're playing against Maccabi Haifa they have to win that game in the Champions League well does anyone really is anyone really confident that they're going to go away and beat Maccabi Haifa? Because this season, away from home, they've played five games, won zero, drawn two, lost three. They've scored two goals in those games, conceded six. 
I mean, <laughs> the stats say it all. We did a, we did a, we did a, an episode, didn't we, a couple a fortnight ago, where we looked at the underlying metrics in Serie yeah. A, and yeah. again, those all showed, and 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 you know, the, and you were laughing at me. <laughs> I mean, it is quite funny to be fair about how Juventus are actually overachieving this this season. That's what's <laughs> that's what's even scary about these numbers, these stats that I've just is Juventus based on their underlying metrics. I know John, you're really into your underlying metrics as well. Juventus are overachieving. They're twentieth for for team pressing. They're they're uh, sorry, seventeenth for, for team pressing, twentieth for pressing efficiency, eighteenth for possession, fourteenth for recoveries, twentieth uh, for ball recoveries, twentieth for tackles, eighth for chances, eighth for shots on goal. Thirteenth uh, for dribbles. I mean, you know, these these stats are absolutely horrific. And you know, so and just to finish, this is why I was saying before the last international break, at that point, Juventus' season was still somewhat salvageable, in my opinion. Um, if they'd have sat the leg before the international break, but you know, unfortunately, you know, Agnelli, in order to to save his own job, decided to to stick with, or to, in order to hold on to his job for a little bit longer, decided to stick with Allegri. Uh, now, for me, the season the season will be over by the time the World Cup is is done. They'll be out of the Champions League and probably, maybe even out of the top four by the time the World Cup is here. But even if they well, sack I mean, him right this minute, I think it's not even. It may not even be salvageable. It's such well, a that's mess. the thing, though. I I think I think because I mean, given the games they've coming that are coming up in the Champions League and and the, um, the Serie A, it's Maccabi Haifa away, Torino derby away. That's always a tough game. Juventus at home, Benfica away, Lecce away, Juventus uh, at home, Inter at home, Hellas away, uh, and Lazio at home. Okay, barring you know except for Lecce and, and Empoli, those are very, very tough games. And I don't think Juventus will win all of those games or 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 even any of them. You could make a serious argument that they won't win <laughs> any of them. And, and if that's the case, and on the 13th of uh, November, we're in a situation where they haven't and they're, they're out of the Champions League, they're, they're in the Europa League, you have to make a change. By then, it, it, it fully has to... You have to make a change. You've got to get rid of him because it's not going to work. It's not going to be... But then even if you bring in someone new, the season's over. As well as they do, the season is over. Juventus are already out of the top four race. They're out of the No, Jimmy I don't think so. I don't think so. I, I don't think so. I think that if you... Well, if, if this form continues, if this form continues, then seven points outside the top four, that will be 10, 12, even 15 points, potentially. If this form, the form that they've showed for the last six months continues, and there's no sign at all to suggest that that form is is not going to continue, then 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 that gap of seven points to the top four is going to increase even more. So this is why mm. it brings me back to my original point: Why the hell did they not just get rid of Allegri before before this international this last international break? When the point of the season where it was actually still salvageable, the season now for me it may not be salvageable even if they make the decision now, which they're not going to do so. Um, so. You know, and, and the other thing to mention is for those that say that, you know, you can't afford. Well, I, I read a report today that um, I think it was in the Gazetta that, that Juventus stand to lose over 100 million euros um, if they don't uh, make the Champions League last 16 and fail to make the top four this season. So for the sake of sacking uh, Allegri, they're actually going to be making a, losing a hell of a lot more money. Mm, for sure. Absolutely. Well, beyond that, too. From So you have it from a managerial perspective where clearly things have not been up to speed. 
I, I, it definitely translates onto the pitch. I mean, if you look at Vlahovic, Locatelli, those are the guys we want to elaborate a little bit on here. It's it, you talk about his dinosaur football, it, it, and I get that. It, it, it the way he plays at times, it does uh, certainly should come with you know like those warnings that say do not operate heavy machinery <laughs> while uh, uh while partaking in like this medication that is what allegedly football should sometimes come with a warning you do know, not proceed care. do not proceed past this point there are wild animals <laughs> yeah well i mean <laughs> if you just look, okay so uh, locatelli for instance okay so manuel locatelli makes a he, he has a fantastic fantastic Euro 2020 mm. campaign comes to Juve, seen as a very, very high profile signing, which he was. Arsenal wanted him as well. Well, he comes under the wings of Allegri. I, I don't even know who this guy is anymore. He he is unrecognizable to the guy that we saw at the Euros just one year ago. I, I mean, what do you make of that? Because that results aside, look at the investments they've made. Again, Locatelli, Vlahovic, uh, Bremer. Yeah, I mean, you can, Maria. Well, yeah, well, yeah. I, I'm just saying, like the more expensive long term, yeah. uh, long term players. I mean, you can make the case every single one of them has regressed. Yeah, yeah. you can. I, I don't think anyone can can say that. And I think the per- the player that probably has regressed the least is Bremer. Uh, but Vlaovic is so unhappy. Well, he's been there the shortest, so in <laughs> fairness, it's probably nearly a case of that. <laughs> probably, probably. Uh, you know, you're absolutely right. And I think Vlaovic, for sure, he looks... Vlaovic looks pissed off with life in general right now. He doesn't get anything to work with. But uh, but, but yeah, as, as for Locatelli, I don't know what... It feels like it's... This is what happened at Milan with him. He's not a regista. He's a mezzala and he should be played there. But but, mm-hmm. he, but he's not played in this right position. Allegri yeah. seems to have hell-bent that he's supposed to play deeper. He's not supposed to play there. And I don't understand why he doesn't play him next to Rabiot uh, and uh, uh, Paredes together, the, the, the three-man midfield. That's what you've got when Pogba's missing. That's how you need to play. But he just doesn't want to do that. And 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 or next to McKenny, if you want someone, you know, if the game dictates it. But regardless, this this what he's doing with Locatelli is he just he looks confused. He looks his self confidence is completely shot. He he doesn't look all the or everything that made him look fantastic in the Euros and even at Sassuolo is just gone. It's vanished. Yeah, I. I don't think he's a, a top, top player. I don't think he's ever going to become a world-class player, put it that way. But I do think that he has the the ability and the potential to be a very good, to, to, to even to an excellent player. I, I, I think he is worthy of Juventus. I do believe mm. that. I believe he has the qualities to be worthy of Juventus. But he has to play under a manager and in a team that, that, that plays to his strengths. You know, And his strengths are... He's very good on the ball. He's got a very good passing range. Brilliant passing range, actually. Yeah. He's got a very good short passing game. You play him alongside midfielders that can keep the ball, keep possession, dominate the, the middle of the field, um, dominate possession and territory. Like, you know, we saw at the Euros under Verratti, under, with Verratti, with Jorginho, with um, Barella. Barella. 
you know, okay, these are top players. Okay, most midfielders will look good, will, will, will play better alongside those. Of course they will. But, you know, he is he is very comfortable with playing in that, that kind of, you know, in that playing that kind of football. But you play under a coach who has no style of play, just basically defends and counterattacks. Well, you know, as with all the midfielders and, and everybody, all midfielders go to you, go to Turin and die in recent years, but especially under Allegri, you know, he's going to, he's going to, he's set up to fail, basically. Um, you know, he's slow. That's one of his weaknesses, Locatelli, is he's, he's pretty mm. slow. What is, what is a slow midfielder like Locatelli going to do in a counter-attacking team? He's not going to do anything. I mean, it's just common sense, logic. You don't need to be, you don't need to be, you know, uh, Rico Sacchi or Pep Guardiola when it comes to tactics <laughs> to, to realise that. You know, he's been, he's been mismanaged really horribly. As Nima said, playing loads as the kind of the deepest player, the deepest lying player, whatever formation that's in. Um, he's being set up for fail because he is a Metzala. He needs to play in the midfield three. Um, no doubt about that. I don't think he can fit in a, in, a, in a midfield two either, also because of his, his lack of pace. And, you know, he, he, um, he, you know, he can't, Allegri, like as we said, Allegri can't develop players. You know, look what he's done to, to all these other players you mentioned before, John, like Vlaovic. You know, players regress yeah. under, under Allegri. And, you know, I, I think now that if Allegri is going to stay, then he needs to leave Juventus because his career is going to... It's on the line, yeah. Yeah, his career is on the line. Um, and also, you said about his confidence being shot, uh, Nimmer. Well, what do you expect? I mean, what do you expect his confidence to be like when Allegri actually comes out publicly and says mm. that he's not even a first-choice play? He considered him as a first reserve. He said, my image of Juventus was to have Paredes... Pogba and Rabiot, yeah, the other is the third, and 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 then he actually met, he actually said it. He actually said Locatelli as my first alternative. So he sees him as his fourth choice central midfielder. I mean, I find that absolutely absolutely shocking. And you know, Arsenal were in for him. We can say that really, just like with Vlaovic, you know, he made the it was he, he made the mistake joining. Um, joining Juventus because it's, we've seen what's happened to his career and there's 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 reports I don't know how much truth there isn't and there's reports that Arsenal could come back into him for him in for him in 2023 Arsenal need a central midfielder um you know and the kind of football that they play with young players you know playing football progressive football playing it the proper way I if I'm a Locatelli I'm I'm considering making that move to Arsenal and finally, the other thing I would like to say was this was the reason why in the summer when Juventus were being linked with, well, they were interested, they actually were interested in him, uh, Raspadori, and he went to Napoli. This is why I said at the time, I'm happy, even though obviously Juventus, you know, I want Juventus to do well. I wanted Raspadori to join Napoli because I'm an Italy national team fan and I want Raspadori to develop as a player. And I know that Raspadori, if he'd have gone to Juventus now, We'd have been to, we'll be talk, we'd be talking about Raspadori now as we are talking right now about Locatelli because that's what Allegri would have done to him. So I'm glad that Raspadori went to Napoli and, and is developing into a into a you know into a much better player. Yeah, it's, yeah. <laughs> it's it's hard to disagree with any of that. It really is. Yeah, it, it yeah, I, I don't really know what to add beyond that because you 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 watch them and, and it's just Again, particularly particularly Locatelli, it's just such a far cry from the guy that we saw. All right, well, let's go to more positive things. The opposite end of the spectrum, 
Napoli. They win again. They are absolutely flying. They remain unbeaten. Uh, it looked like, if you were watching this, it looked like they were actually going to drop points. And then out of nowhere, they just uh, annihilate Cremonese for three goals in the, in, the, in the final 10 to 15 minutes of the match. Diego, or I'm sorry, Simeone. Giovanni. Gio Simeone. My stock is at an all-time high, so I feel great about that. Oh, mine uh, too. Look, in yes, 2018, I, you and me, remember? Yeah. <laughs> yes, getting ready to cash in. So yeah. uh, look again. in twenty. This is this. I've always look. I've always thought that in a, he can be a lone striker, and I thought in yes. Spalletti's system, I think he was he was really every every trait he has is 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 what Spalletti wants in a number nine, and he. Um, I, this is why I I wanted in twenty eighteen when Mauro Icardi drama was going on at Inter with Wanda and Spalletti and Spalletti and them stripped him of his captaincy. I said, well. If Icardi leaves in the summer and Spalletti stays, I think the next number nine. I think I think they should bring in Cholito Simeone to to replace him because yeah, I, I, of the movement and and everything he has. I mean, he his his he, he works so hard for his team. He 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 does. You know, he's not. I remember. There's no. I'm not making any like comparisons at all between them as players. But if you remember, I think I think it was uh, Sir Alex Ferguson who said about Raúl. Remember Raúl González Blanco, the Real Madrid legend, that he doesn't have any. He's not a ten at anything, but overall he's a seven in in everything. And I think that's what we can say about Simeone. He's not great dating advice too for all those. Jesus Christ! Don't have to excel at one thing. Just be okay at a bunch of different things. Good lord! But uh, that's what I think about Cholito Simeone. I, I don't think he's a number. He's he's the best or or world class at anything. But overall, he's he's really good overall at, at lots of, of most things, and, and and also his attitude. The guy never stops yes. fighting for the team. Yes, he's such a loyal team player. And 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 you saw that. Yes, the goal was a howler again by our good dear friend Andre Radu. Surprise, surprise. But it's still it's still important that that that, that this gives confidence to Napoli. It creates this belief in this team that even when they struggle, and they did struggle against Cremonese, who played really well, but they, they it builds the belief that they they are unbeatable because they can you know even when not playing well, they score four goals. They didn't play well, Napoli. They scored four. It's just, it's absolutely yeah. bizarre. Yeah. Giovanni Simeone, absolutely. He's really, really won me over. Um, I didn't think he could really play to this level. And maybe he's still not necessarily a starting striker, but he's really showing that he, he can be a really important player this season um, for, for Simeone. And I just shout one thing, because I've just been looking this up. Am I, I actually think Simeone is still eligible to play for Italy. I don't think he's. I don't think he's played in a competitive game for Argentina. I think he's only played in friendlies for Argentina. With Italy needing a needing a, a number nine and needing a goal scorer, you know, someone to let's say in the in the immobile mode mold rather. I don't know. I think Italy could do a lot lot worse than having that this kind of option. They lack this kind of player, goal scoring player. So yeah, Roberto Mancini. Let's if he doesn't go to the World Cup, I know Dybala's injured now. He might replace him. Um, yeah. I would, mm. uh, I would have a look at him for sure, but um, no, nah, yeah, I ex- wouldn't. I, he's, he's. I know he's born, I think, in Italy, but um, no, nah, I, I wouldn't. I, 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 I want. I build around Scamacca, Raspadori, and these young guys. Come on, I, yeah, I but I would know. definitely, be definitely be good to have him as, uh, have him available as, a, as a, even if it's off the, off the bench, someone to bring on 
to you know to to, to come off the bench like he's done for Napoli and and you know just to expand on the point about you know Napoli not being at their best you know well, they weren't at their best but they still scored four goals and they still had 21 shots and had 70% possession yeah I mean, that's not bad in a, that's not bad is it for a game where you didn't play well you still had all that all those attempts but what i what i think this game definitely 100% showed was again and i've been saying it all season napoli's depth the depth that napoli have because they're drawing one all 20 minutes to go or however long it was and they need someone to come on you know they need players to come on and resolve the game or well, napoli have such strength in depth Who's, who scored their three last goals for Napoli? All three of them were substitutes. Simeone, Lozano, and then Oliveira. You know, and that I think that that says it all for the strength in depth, especially in attack that, that Napoli have. They, they have the most depth in, in, in terms of goal-scoring options off the bench, and for me, Napoli. Yeah. And that's what won them this Absolutely. game. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. All right. Moving on, you brought up Dybala. He gets injured yesterday. If you want to find a metaphor for Roma, there is no better encapsulation than Roma winning a penalty, which I thought was relatively soft. Hmm. Their star summer signing, who they bring on a free stepping up. He is having an unbelievable season. Steps up, scores the winning goal, but in doing so, he injures himself during the either during the celebration or in the run-up to the kick, uh, I asked Roma for a clarification on that. <laughs> they didn't answer to me yet. Yeah, please. I want to know as well. Like when? Did, what? Because that, yeah. that matters. Yeah. Because if he's getting, because I mean, this is not like I've, we've seen video clips of you know. We rem- I remember when Fabregas broke his foot taking a penalty, but that but he really hit that ball hard. Mm. And Viali. Yeah, and Viali well, did it once. Yeah. yeah, I mean, but they hit the ball hard. This was not a hard like. I don't. Was this he? Did he know that this was his last thing he was going to do in the game? And he's kind of you know, and and because it wasn't a hard kick, also meaning that the injury was already there. Or did he actually injure himself when he kicked when he made that kick? Because then that that's that's not a hard kick. Yeah, well, he was coming off of a muscle tweak, so I, I, I don't think this is that big of a deal. I know, Carlo, you're going to want to go in on the guy. No, His... I, I think it's more Mourinho. Why did you play him if you know he had an injury? Because this is Paolo well, Dybala. I, I, I think if you look at the output, he's the only only person scoring goals for But Roma. is it worth it? Because yeah. now he's gone until January. I mean, how he's going to miss six to eight games, and these are really yeah, I, important I, games. I... I um. We will know tomorrow, but I I don't think he's going to miss the World Cup. I will just say that uh, King Jose, the last couple of uh, injuries, <laughs> he's 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 put a little bit of uh, embellishment on. Yeah, it. unless he's yeah. torn it, unless it's a tear, he's not missing the World Cup. Yeah, he might miss a month. He's not missing. It, it, he might not go. T- yeah, he might not go at full um, fitness. But then <laughs> when's when's Dybala ever fully fit? You know, so and he's only going to be a sub player anyway at the World Cup. He's going to be a He's a 15-20 minute player off the bench, isn't well, he? Well, I, I just want to say, I know you, Carlo, were not his biggest. Uh, no, I'm a big fan of him. I love Dybala. I absolutely adore no, no, watching no, no. him I, play. I, I, I'm saying the past couple of years at, at Juve, particularly for the number he was asking for in his renewal. Yeah. I think he's been reborn this season. Been good goodness, you know... Roma needed because Tammy Abraham, I, I don't know. Uh, clearly, he is pressing. Uh, he's struggling. He is. just cannot find the back of the net. No. Um, 
And uh, had it not been for Paulo Dybala, I, I, I sweat, I break out in a cold sweat to think of where Roma would be um, because he has carried the attack the entire season. Mm. Yeah, I agree with that. Because there's no really other options. I mean, no. look at Zaniolo struggling. We need to talk about that as well because Nicolo Talk about Zaniolo. what? The, the, the red card? Or yeah, but no, but something Zan- he's done on Instagram. No, 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 no I don't care. No, I don't care. No, but it's Liam. Can I just say about Dybala? Look, before, just before we get onto Zaniolo, the, my point with, Di, with Dybala is, I mean, I adore him as a player. I love yeah. him. There's not enough yeah. footballers like, like him around anymore, you know? Um, there's just full of robots now in football. He, they, I, you know, I wish there was more players like him. Unfortunately, his body is, you know, for me, as brilliant as, as he as he, and he has been absolutely fantastic this season for Roma. You're absolutely right. Everything you say, John, he has carried Roma's attack. You know, Tammy Abraham's just going for a complete crisis. He's also been really unlucky. I think Tammy, like yesterday, yeah, incredibly I mean, he unlucky. He just just his doesn't want to go. He just doesn't want to go in for him. And when he does yeah. go in for him, he's, he's he gets a you know a really unlucky offside call. Um, you know, but but you know, Dybala, his 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 body is. And I said it before. He has the body of a, like a thirty six or thirty seven year old with his muscles, especially that thigh muscle. Go and have a look at how many thigh injuries he's had over the last two years. It's ridiculous. So there's something. There's something wrong structurally, or there's something. I don't know. I'm not a medical expert, but there's so, there's definitely something wrong. His muscles are are you know are are breaking down because he had six six injury layoffs last season, all muscular, all of them, all muscle injuries. Um, he missed half the season the the season before that, um, and this is his second injury this season already. We're only in October. Um, and like I said, they're always muscular injuries. They're always muscular problems, uh, usually the thighs, you know. So it's obviously his body is, you know, he, his body just doesn't really seem to be able to take the rigours of of modern football. And it's really unfortunate because, you know, the guy is, has shown this season that, you know, he's still a wonderful footballer when played in the right system. And I think Mourinho has been playing him in the right way, Perfect playing him, him in the right yeah. formation to get the best out of him. Uh, and he is, you're absolutely right. He is carrying Roma's attack. And, and yeah, is you would be a little bit worried as a Roma fan, you know, how are they going to fill in the, the, the input of, of Dybala now that he's uh, going to be out probably till the, till the World Cup? I, yeah, we need, sure. we need to talk about Zaniolo because now I've always been in favour of, you know, give him, you know, give him the benefit of the doubt. But yesterday he was, I thought he was dreadful yesterday. Yeah, he was not good yesterday. Very anonymous. I mean, look at these this numbers. He ma- he completed eight passes. He missed three, so eleven passes overall. He lost the ball once. He won it, but he won it once, and he he went into five challenges for the for the ball, lost four, won one. It's dreadful. This is simply not good enough. And his attitude and the way he looks and the red card against Real Betis. <sighs> I mean, I don't know, man. It's it's. Uh, I, I wonder if if Roma did, didn't should shouldn't have cashed in on him and sent him to Juve when they if there was an opportunity to cash in on him. I really think if that I'm starting to think that was a mistake. What do you think, John? The frustrating part is the talent is there, the goals are not. It really. I, I know that's such a simplistic way of looking at it. But it is so weird how one moment you will see him pulling something out of the bag that only he is capable of. And then in the next breath or within the next action, uh, you know, you see him doing something so stupid. You see him getting sent off. 
I really, really don't know what is going on with him. Part of me wants to say, okay, perhaps it is the system, but I mean, Tammy Abraham, Pablo Dybala, they're getting plenty of goal-scoring opportunities. With, with, with Zaniolo, he's not even getting in the positions to get goals. Uh, so I, I, I don't really know what the answer is. Again, his numbers, I, his, his, his tangible numbers in terms of goals and assists this season, John, seven, seven games, zero goals, one assist. I mean, that's just not good enough, especially for a team that Roma, okay, you're massively underperforming your XG, but I think you've been the second most creative team. I mean, you've got an incredible attack in terms of actual talent and goals and players. Yeah, the XG is incredible. Yeah. I mean, to have zero goals and one assist in a team with that much attacking talent, for me, that that's that's extra concerning. And even if you look at his numbers last season, I think he only had two Serie A goals. Two Serie A goals, one assist in Serie A last season. Okay, he scored the winner in the, in the cup final, but... You know, so his numbers are, are not good, and I think that underlines your point that there doesn't seem to be ta- tan- there doesn't seem to be anything tangible coming from from Zaniola on the on the football pitch. Mm. Yeah, it's it's been it's been frustrating, and I know if you look at him too, you can tell he's uh, he he's frustrated as well. He's just uh, from a mental point of view, he's just not in the right frame of mind. Uh, okay, let's move to Inter, Jekyll. Erin Dzeko, former Roma striker, Hmm. he scores twice and he gets to 100 goals in Serie A. Nima, I know you you are a huge fan of his, mostly because of how quick and agile he is on the pitch and how um, (laughs) just how lightning quick uh, he leads the front line. But in all seriousness, what what, what did you make? It's painful to watch him because I really like... Edin Dzeko at his best was one of my favorite players. I think he had so much to offer. Has such a high football IQ. Was was a lovely player in the build-up phase. So you know, I loved I loved him at City and I loved him at Roma. And and I think he's such a great player. And now it's not his fault. He's old. He's he's thirty seven soon. He can't make those. He can't run. You know, not not at the level required. And and it's painful to watch. But it's. It, I, I think it's, I'm happy that he scored, that he reached the century of goals. I think he deserves to be that recognition. I think he is a very underrated striker, one of the most underrated strikers of his generation. And the the fact that he he can score now and is is more down to his ability to read the game, and 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 which has always been fantastic. So I'm really happy for him. He won the game for Inter. With with those two goals, but in the build-up play and and the other things and and other aspects of the game, he just doesn't work. And him and Lautaro cannot play together. And and this is the last season he is playing at Inter. This, you know, if, and so I hope for his sake that he gets to end it on a on a high before moving to the Middle East or MLS or wherever he wants to. You know, continue. Oh no, but he needs to hang it hang it up. No, I, uh, I'd like to see him in the MLS. Oh, I hate that. watching him move like this. It's difficult. Well, that's what it I mean. Looks, it's it painful. hurts me. Yeah, to it watch. does because it's it's a player I really liked. But one, but yeah, no, it's uh, for me the most. What I take away from from this is is Inter looked again. Continued to to. They didn't panic after Sassuolo equalized. They were in control. 
they created lots of chances. Uh, Inzaghi's building from the back. He's lowered the entire balance of the team 10 metres down the pitch. He's he's realised that he's got the players he's got. He can't play like he did last season. Their confidence isn't there. They look confused. So he's building from the back. And that means l- l- less, not as much... B- f- not not as much ball possession as they they had last season. It's uh, it's a counter attacking side, um, which means that he gets the best out of the players he has when they're fully fit, like Denzel Dumfries, who is who can't dribble past his man, but he can beat pretty much most players for pace when he's got space to attack into, and therefore he had a really good game. Um, and I like, really liked Andre Onana. I liked the I liked I thought Acerbi was outstanding in defence. This is why I was. Why, why I kept saying that Acerbi is an upgrade on Ranocchia to come in and be act as a backup. He, you know, the, the things are looking to fall into place now. The team looks more confident. They didn't panic. They continue to drill on and, and play on. And, and Mikitarian, I mean, the, the guy is, he's, he's such an intelligent player. And I think for me, Mikitarian was the man of the match, not Edin Dzeko. I thought from the minute Mkhitaryan came on, Inter was so much more composed, cool, in control. And if it wasn't for for the festival of missed chances by Lautaro Martinez, then Inter would have won this game 4-5-1. Yeah, well, that's uh, that's the sweet spot because that's that's what made you question Lautaro to begin with. So I guess if he can go back to that, uh, we can go back to the... The point in which you were hammering him, and then he responds with a bucket load of goals. <laughs> um, so I don't know. All right, we have to move on because this is the team that I just I love talking about them, and I love. I, it's not very often that we get to say I love or I enjoy even watching Udinese. The last time we were probably able to say that was uh, what Toto Di Natale in the last year or two. Since then, it has been a myriad of mediocrity, a festival, and a litany of uh, slow, boring, drab, mediocre play. Nothing eye-catchy whatsoever. However, I don't know what is in the water up there in the northeast of Italy. Well, actually, I I can tell you what's in it. I just don't want to. Jesus. I don't want to elaborate on it. But, but, Utinese. Atalanta was so fun to watch. Now it ends two to two. However, uh, Udinese, they look like they're headed for their very first defeat. And, uh, or I'm sorry, is it their first defeat? Second, whatever it is. Udinese, it would have been, it would have been their second. Yeah. yeah, their second defeat, second defeat. Yeah. Down two to zero. There's uh, 20, 30 minutes remaining. And they hit Atalanta for two goals within the span of like 10 minutes with, of course, podcast legend, all right, Gerard Delofeu opening the scoring. And they end up drawing two to two. I don't want to get ahead of myself. We talked about Juve in the top four. Uh, Carlo already waving the white flag. Not not yet, but getting close to waving the white flag. He was mm. He was putting it on the stick preparing to wave it <laughs> at what point because it's already too late to say do we take Utinese serious the, the the body of work that they have already showed for this season i i think is proof enough to at least for the time being they deserve to be taken serious and they deserve all the praise they receive 
what do we make of them long term for the rest of the season? Can they sustain this? Because I hope so, because they are so fun to watch. So fun. Well, yeah, I, I don't, we kind of we did debate this last week, didn't they? Nimmer felt that they they he he saw them as definitely top ten, possibly. Oh wow, how nice of you! <laughs> top ten, yeah, but they are big a top prediction. 10 side. Big prediction there, no. Yeah? no, but possibly 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 Europa, possibly Conference League, but yeah. but but not not further than that. And I, to be honest, I'd probably go with that myself. I I, I I mean, first of all, I have to say this was an amazing game. Amazing, amazing game. It was, it was, it was a, it was one of the games of the season. It really was. It was brilliant. I, I actually thought that because I've been saying that Atalanta have been overperforming this season. If you look at their expected points before this game, they were about six, nearly think seven points up on what they should have got. Um, really, so they, they've been they've been overperforming, and that will go back to the mean. Udinese had also been overperforming a little bit, not to that extent, by about three or four points. Um, so this was between two overperforming teams. Now. I was making a few notes on this while the game was on. And I actually, up until Delafeo scored the free kick, which was with about, what, 20 minutes to go, I actually had, was, had actually noted down that this had, this had been Uda, Atalanta's best performance of the season. I thought they were absolutely perfect. Uh, they barely conceded any chances. They controlled and dominated the game. They looked, uh, they were disciplined, as, really disciplined as they have been all season. They, they, they were showing really, really good maturity. I thought Muriel... Who's, who is somebody that that we um, you know we've we've questioned whether maybe he's not starting to go on the slide. He was brilliant in both goals. Brilliant, won the penalty uh, and also absolutely fantastic assist. Fantastic assist for the for the the the, the goal from Lookman, which he got a r- ridiculous yellow card for for celebration. And you know, so uh, the, I thought brilliant. But then Atalanta, but Udinese showed, and this is why I think they can maybe over, keep overachieving this season and maybe even get into Europe, is because they, 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 you know, they made substitutions, uh, brought Samarzic on, who made a difference. Uh, success came on as well. But they showed this great spirit, and that there seems to be a real great Sotil seems to put a, a real great togetherness there, as well as being tactically very good. They, they, they seem to they don't know when they're when they're when the game is over, and we've seen them this season score so many late goals you know they're the late winner against um inter the late comeback last monday a week ago today when they away uh, was empoli wasn't it um where where they scored in the 93rd minute and again in this you know two late goals they actually they actually um they actually could have won it um afterwards and they, they should have won it. i think arslan missed a big chance didn't he to make it three two so they've shown udinese that they've got you know they really are building something great there and um, so, well done to them. Um, they, 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 you know, it was a two-all draw. Maybe the, probably the fair result in the end. I don't think either of them will finish in the top four, though. Uh, maybe Atalanta. Maybe Atalanta could do. Um, but um, Atalanta, I think, are good for Europe play this year, definitely. Yeah, I think, I think, <clears throat> I think both of them are a little bit overachieving, uh, and I think we'll see them both regress. I see them. I see both of them outside of top seven I don't think they'll be able to maintain it um, because uh, I just don't think they've got what it takes either one side one team defensively the other side in attack uh, to to maintain uh, to finish in the Europa League position or top four but no for, for me um, I think they're doing really well this is I mean let's remember this is Sotil's first coaching job in the Serie right. A and he's doing an absolutely fantastic job he's getting absolutely everything he's got 
um, from this squad. But I don't see, I don't think they'll be able to to maintain this. Neither of them, but they're very two very good sides, and uh, it's 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 interesting to see how someone like Sotil handles going two goals down and and working himself into that. That's that's an important part of a coach, you know, a coach's career and learning curve is to handle when things aren't going your way. And evidently, he handled it brilliantly. Against Atalanta, they could have even won the game, Udinese. So um, no, it's it's it, it was an, it was definitely the most entertaining game of the weekend. But I, I still want to wait a little more. I I don't think that, I don't think either of these teams will finish in the top four. Maybe Conference League. That's that's where I have them both. With Atalanta, mm-hmm. maybe more Europa League. But we'll see. All right, so elsewhere, today we have Fiorentina Lazio. Uh, elsewhere, Salernitana. Verona, the former, they win 2-1. to one. We also have Torino, Empoli, which Mattia Destro oh, He either does not score or he scores these sort goal. of goals. Destro in Nazionale, that's all I got to say. <laughs> yeah, you're right, 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 right. That old, that old hashtag, Destro in Nazionale. No, well, <laughs> I, I mean, this is so indicative of the guy. <laughs> I, I just think... There's no better way to summarize his sort of career than that goal. It's a stunning goal. It's an absolutely it's an unbelievable goal. goal. Uh, but he does it for Empoli. I, I just, like, I I don't know. He should have done way more. But oh my, that goal! What one of you describe it? Because I, I mean, it's he, the I'm way overinflated. He, no, it's 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 like the way he does it. I mean, just just. Just to take, you know, the, the control to receive the ball like that, and then to even think and execute. All of this happens within a second. The bicycle kick, and it's not, it's not in a position where you, you'd normally do that. And he's got no other choice than to do that. And the, and then he hits it brilliantly. And the curve of the ball, nah, it's it's for me, it's the goal. Yeah, he's of back the... to goal, and he fl- he flicks it up like he flicks it up, half volleys it up, and then and then and then bicycle kicks it you know, all in one move. Yeah. Now yeah, go see it. It's it's, it's it's for me. It's, it's, corner, yeah. it's, it's a great, goal it's a of the great season goal. candidate. Goal of the season candidate for sure. Yeah, it's a great goal. You don't we don't see many bicycle kicks anymore. To be honest, no. we don't see as many as we as we used Especially to. Especially from guys of that size. I'm not saying he's <laughs> particularly uh, uh, out of. I don't. I, I tell you one thing though. Torino absolutely battered Empoli in this game. Battered yeah, they did. Them. Absolutely they really battered did. them. Like really Empoli. But I'm looking at the xG now. Torino had a 2.74 xG, which is obscenely high. But they don't have a goal scorer. I mean, they just no, don't, they don't have, have a goal any. scorer. Roma had a, Roma had a 3.62 xG. So they, they, I was going to say this must be the highest xG of the weekend, but it's actually it's second to Roma again, who under underscored once again, John. But yeah, Empoli had an xG of 0.15, hmm. um, which would have all been that goal, yeah. <laughs> basically. Uh, maybe probably even less, actually. It probably would have been even under 0.1. XG. No, but, but Torino, Torino, were, Torino, Torino lacking, were really unlucky in this game. Torino had goal, two goals disallowed, yeah. and they had lots of chances. But that's the thing; Icardi, it's not. I, I can't Icardi say. Was, yeah. Can't say that it's just bad luck because this has been like this since Juric took over at Torino. Uh, last season, Belotti was injured for most of it. This season, you know, he left on a free. They they don't have a goal scorer, and and that's why they're struggling. And and they should be higher up because they play, the pressing, the way they play, clear lines. Now, look, I've said it before. If, if Simone Inzaghi leaves next season, I want Ivan Juric to, to replace him. It would be the most the natural replacement, for sure, in my opinion. 
So, um, and also Bologna Sampdoria, it was very, I mean, from an Inter, for Inter fans, this was an emotional moment, wasn't it? I mean, you have two former treble winner, treble winners and heroes, Motta and Stankovic. Their embrace before the game, their bromance before and after it. It was, it was nice to see, but the, 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 for me, the, the thing that I take away the most from this game is Arnautovic flick before the, the opening goal. Go see that. Mm-hmm. It was, yeah. I mean, oof. <laughs> Arnautovic, yeah. he, he, ha- he's such a, it's his career, isn't he? I mean, he's such a, this bucket loads of talent, but not been able to, to get most of that most out of it. Uh, uh, you know, been able to express that on the pitch. Yeah. Yeah, it'd be, it'd be interesting to see. It'd be interesting to see how um, how Stankovic does. Um, yeah, I'm sure. really, I really wish him well. I really wish yeah. him well because I mean, it's it's another one of those trouble heroes. And one day, if he has a good career, he can he could be good enough to coach Inter, and he would not have any problems adapting to the environment. Shall we say? Shall we say? So I, I do. Wish can him you well. explain one thing to me? I don't know why is Davide Nicola at threat uh, under threat at Salernitana. It makes no sense to me either. I, I don't understand yeah. what, what what did they expect was going to happen, like they're exactly where I expect them to be. Yeah, and 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 ten the same points, thing. Ten yeah. points from eight games. I mean, there's nothing. You know, there's there's no nine games, but yeah, I mean, they're mid table. I mean, which is what they know. can, which you which is exactly what you can ask from them. And the same yeah. thing with Choffi, where they're saying you know Hellas Verona that he's under fire as well. Well, look at your mm. team. I mean, it's not yeah. better than this. Yeah, uh, sacking mm. the coach is not going to solve anything. Yeah, so, I think the relegation race is really open. I, I really think that the January transfer window is going to decide. Oh yeah, is going to decide everything because oh, I, sure. I really think if you actually look at the the bottom, the bottom seven teams in Serie A are all the teams that I said at the beginning of the season I thought that could go down. I said all of those, and I, I said Monza, but I said I thought Monza would end up actually said that Monza would end up being mid table. But yeah, me too. So you know, Samp, Cremonese, in Verona. Bologna, Lecce, Spezia, Empoli. I mean, I mean, I, I really, I think, I find it very difficult to pick between any of those. Really, I think Empoli will stay up, um, but yeah, I think it, you could make a case for any of those teams going down. I think Spezia. I mean, I think Spezia, Lecce, and Cremonese. I mean, those those teams to me just don't. They're just not good enough. Uh, Sampdoria, given the the other teams, and I think I expect Bologna and Empoli, like but the you gap, said, but the gap between these teams are, are so close, in my opinion. Yeah. That a, a good or a bad transfer Mercato. window, I think, could can can literally will make the difference. And Sampdoria you know, will, will only do things something in the in, in the January for sure. Yeah. Well, they will if they get bought by the Qatari um, or the who are the who are the. Um, there's some new owners, aren't there, in negotiations? Yeah. Well, nothing's done yet. I mean, Massimo Ferrero has to sell the club, mm. um, so we'll see. But no, it's okay. Uh, no, but I think regardless, they're going to do something. Hmm. Right. Uh, okay. John's just had to nip out. So we'll do a Champions League preview now. Uh, match day four coming up. Um, so the Tuesday games, we'll start with the Tuesday games. So we've got, first of all, Milan versus Chelsea. We, we just touched upon this briefly before. Now, for me, Milan, uh, Milan have to get a draw at least. Mm, in yeah, this me game. too. If, if they lose this game, I think that they... They, they're in big, big danger of, of not qualifying because if they lose and Salzburg beat Dynamo Zagreb, 
away, which isn't a given, actually. Dino and Zagreb have been very competitive, actually, in all the games they've played in this group, including against Milan. They were actually competitive in that game. And and then uh, they were very unlucky not to get a draw against Salzburg in the, in the first game. They, they actually had a goal disallowed right at the end to, to get a draw, which was very, very tight uh, for offside. So there's no given. But if Milan lose to Chelsea, Salzburg win, they're four points ahead of... Um, of Milan with two games left, so it's out of Milan's it's out of Milan's hands. Um, so so yeah, Milan need to get a draw in this. Ideally, a win, obviously, but with the number of injuries they've got, again, it's going to be it's going to be difficult. Again, the good thing is they've got Teo, Teo and, and Liao back on that left hand side. So hopefully, those two can can work their magic. No, McCarthy. Um... Maccabi Juventus also on Tuesday once again absolute must win game for, for Juventus Juventus don't win this game they're out um, yeah. I, think, I mean that's obvious um, so um, yeah and then they need PSG to, to win and PSG just well. if I'm not if I just saw that Messi's going to miss the game against Benfica is that right yeah he's is that confirmed so yeah I think it was official um, they said that Messi's missing that game, so saw something online now about that. But no, it's no I might, Juventus have to win. There's no doubt about that. And uh, as for just a final comment on Milan Chelsea, look, I think a draw. But but Milan, if they don't qualify from this group, it's a failure. Let's let's be honest. We pra- praise Pioli for sure. I think he's done an excellent job. But this is it would be an absolute failure if Milan don't qualify from this group. I think. Yeah. No, it will be. They had a very, very, very accessible group. Uh, mm. Absolutely. And Salzburg are a good team, but you know they got a couple. They got some good forwards. Okafor, I really, really like, and yeah. Sesco as well. I think it's a huge talent. Although he doesn't always start, so he's still very young. But, but yeah, the I think Milan. Yeah, they 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 absolutely have to be qualifying from this group. Mm. Okay, uh, let's go to yeah Wednesday. So Napoli, Napoli have have been. We discussed this on Thursday, didn't we? For me, they've been the best team in the competition so far. Mm. Certainly the most exciting team in the competition. They've scored more goals than anyone else. 13 goals. 4-1, 3-0, 6-1. I mean, you, you couldn't really ask for any more. All they need is a draw to qualify for, for against Ajax. And they won't be able to be caught if they win this because they're already six points above Ajax with the head-to-head advantage. Um, but they really, yeah, they, 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 they go for the win, try and finish top. Um, they absolutely have the chance to finish top. I really believe that. Now uh, they put oh, themselves absolutely. in the position that they can finish Two home top games now against Ajax and Rangers, yeah. and and if they win that, and and Liverpool who are don't look good at all, no. If they drop one, if they drop a point here or there, then that's it. They've won the group. Um, but yeah, no, yeah absolutely. And even if they, and even if Liverpool win their next two games and rapidly win their next two games, I mean Liverpool have to go win three 0 at Anfield, which usually you would back them. I mean, you back Liverpool to always win at Anfield, but when it's do or die. Um, by any scoreline, just ask Barcelona. But um, yeah, I look at Liverpool now, they really look like a team on the, the decline. Um, they the do. Something, they really do. Something doesn't seem right there. And no. There are question marks over his future and whether there he's are. maybe burnt all those players out. And finally, the big one. So yeah, I really want to hear your thoughts on this one. So Barcelona versus Inter. Inter with that incredible win. Uh, Osama Binzaghi Ball win last <laughs> last week, and uh, I think he's going to go. 
he's going to go uh, Osama bin Zaghi ball again in this because from what I've oh. seen, they're going to go they're going to go three five one one. Is that right? Yeah, and that's something I've wanted to see this interplay for a long time in order to create you know to 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 have some control of a midfield, and I think he's going to do that. And I think that's the wise decision, the wisest decision to do that because Jekyll, there's no need to burn Jekyll out. Lautaro needs to needs to play, and he needs to continue leading. And I think that if they play him in that number nine role, he will he will. I think they need to keep playing him in that position for him to continue uh, to, to to be the number nine that 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 they need him to be, so so to speak. So uh, no, it's look. It's going to be three five one one. I think uh, it's it's important for Inter not to lose this game. That's the mo- main thing. And if Inter were to buy any, by, you know, very unlikely. But if they were to beat Barcelona, then they've secured minimum second spot, which is incredible. Because yeah. uh, they mean, for me, they would have had better head to head. I mean, six points left to play for, six points ahead of Barcelona, and yeah, well, you know. It's it's mad. If Bayern yeah, I mean, for Victoria Pilsen as well. Yeah, and and I, I didn't watch the Barcelona game uh, last night against was it Celta Vigo? Barcelona yeah. played last night. They won one nil, but um, but yeah, I, I did good. speak. Yeah, I know. I don't know if you watched the game, but I, I spoke to a colleague this morning about it, and apparently it was very very similar to to the Inter game in that you know they just against deep line defenses they just seem to struggle to break them down. So. Yeah, as we discussed earlier about you know about Inzaghi and he's playing a deeper line now in these last games. Yeah, it'll be interesting to, interesting to see what happens if, if Inter can somehow get ahead in this game. You know, it's maybe a bit too much to ask them to defend for ninety minutes in Mourinho two thousand and ten style. Um, you know, in, in this day and age, it's difficult to do that. You have to try and attack a little bit. But um, if they can get ahead in this game, I, I would back them. To be honest, against this the most important team. thing is not to lose. That's the only thing that matters here. Yeah, they cannot yeah. lose this game. No, they have to. A draw is all right because then, then you go to. Uh, you just have to beat Victoria Pozen. Yeah, to, at to, home. You just have to beat them at home. Yeah, yeah. Listen, and, but, listen, listen. Inzaghi is taking a draw all day long. You put a piece of paper, draw this game. He signs it right now. <laughs> yeah, signs yeah, it right now. And it, 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 believe me. If Inter get a draw in this game, this will be, like Mourinho said in 2010, this will be the most beautiful draw in, <laughs> in Inter's history. <laughs> you know? uh, Mourinho called, called the defeat, didn't he? Yeah, the, the most beautiful, beautiful, beautiful defeat, defeat of, of his career. career. Yeah. yeah, so yeah. Anyway, just quickly, Europa League, Lazio Sturm Graz. All four teams on four points in that group, so they need to make home advantage, have to win. Betis against Roma. Roma are on... Three points, and they're a point. This Betis are on six, and Ludogorets are on four. For me, no Dybala as well. Roma are in big trouble in this group. I yeah. think they can. They're going to go out this group. Yeah. I they think. I think they're the going to go out. League. They could go to the Conference League, isn't it? Oh, is that what happened? Is it just if third they finish third? The I think if they go to if they finish third, they go to the Conference League. Is that yeah. how it works? I think so. Yeah. Uh, okay, I just I just assumed that they just got eliminated straight away. I need to. I need to do some revision on my European competitions. Okay. Well, yeah, I, I, I can see them finishing third. I, I think they're in a big draw. They need to get a result here. Yeah, they need to win, I think. to be honest. I, I, I well, think a draw. Important. They need at least a draw. Because if they can get a draw, then they'll, then they'll then even if Ludogorets win their game, 
they'll be three points behind Luda Goretz, which means Roma will be in the position where they can win their last two games and qualify. Yeah. Uh, if they lose this game, then Luda Goretz can go, will go four points uh, ahead of them. And then again, same as, exactly the same as Milan, they'll be out of their hands. So I think Roma need to get a result here, but I'm not sure they will. I think Betis are a very, very good team, uh, especially at home. Uh, Fiorentina Hearts. Fiorentina should be fine to qualify now, and I expect them to win quite comfortably again, like they did um, last week. That's in the Conference League. Okay. Right. Uh, final segment before we get to Bad Joe and Prem Face of the Week. So just quickly, we can discuss this in more detail in in, uh, in March when the Euro 2024 qualifiers go on. But on Sunday, we had the draw for the Euro 2024 uh, qualifi- qualification campaign in Italy. Despite being top seed, basically get pretty much the toughest, toughest draw they could have got. England, uh, who were the toughest draw they could have got from the second seed, along with after France, let's say, or along with France. Um, so they got England, then they got Ukraine, North Macedonia, and Malta. They're only in a five-team group because they're in the UEFA Nations League final. So that that also limits the 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 room for error that that, that Italy have. You know they, they they can't make many, they can't afford to make many mistakes or you know so so yeah it's a it's the toughest draw they could have really one of the toughest draws they could have got but the good news is that two teams qualify from this one straight to the Euros rather than one plus a playoff as we had for the World Cup so really Italy should be okay but at the same time it is a difficult draw it's a difficult draw um, Ukraine probably won't be playing their games at home. Unfortunately, because of you know everything that's going on in the country with the war with Russia, and um, so that will obviously benefit Italy as well, not having to play away um, those games. What do you, what do you think? And the and the, and the North Macedonia, the revenge. Yeah. Uh, will they play that game in Palermo again? Well, will they play it? I mean, stuff like that, and knowing Italians and how superstitious they are, I don't think they will. Look, no, the yeah. England game, the England-Ukraine game, I mean, those are the main ones. But Malta, North Macedonia, these are teams that Italy should be beating. And I expect Italy to, if I'm not mistaken, don't the, don't the top two go through from, like the top two qualify and the third goes off to a playoff? So, I believe that's correct, yeah. The top two are, are instant qualifiers. But I yeah. believe that Italy might actually be already a, a guaranteed of a playoff place, I think, because of they, got to the, they won their Nations League group. I might be mistaken oh, yeah. of that. Yeah. I might be mistaken of that because it's really blimmin. Yeah, it's a bit difficult. Yeah, it is. Yeah. No, no, it's uh, it is what it is. But no, I expect Italy to win. Italy and England to finish top two, top top two places. The good news is, and I actually say this is good news, is Italy actually play England first at home. That's what I've been told. I've been told mm. that the, the, the official the official uh, fixtures haven't been released yet. But I've been told that Italy play England first. Uh, in March and then the return game is in October which I think is a good thing because Italy always in September mess up their games in September because they're never fully fit and it's not a worse team to play in September than England who who always start their season a lot earlier and are always straight up to pace of the Premier League pace and so I think that's a I think that's at least a good thing okay let's get on to Badger and Prem face of the week Badjo, well I know who you're going to go for <laughs> yeah, it's it's Mattia Destro uh, for that fantastic goal he scored, which was absolutely stunning. Go and watch that on YouTube, Serie A's official account, and it, it, the, the highlights of that. He was absolutely stunning, and also an honourable mention to 
to Marko Arnautovic for that beautiful flick for the for the for Bologna's opening goal, and and finally also Skamaka, who's scoring on scoring for West Ham. I was so worried when he made that move, and I said this on this podcast. I'm worried that he could you know go down the Sebastian Halier route uh, when he went to 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 West Ham, but it's looking like it's starting to come together for. Him. Yeah, no, he's in great form. He's yeah. in great form at the moment. Yeah. Um, scoring, and, he's scoring um, consecutive games in in uh, the Premier League and in Europe, yeah. and yeah. and uh, yeah, he's looking he's looking really good now. Um, I also I have to I have to single out Inter as well for beating Barcelona. I mean that was a that is as no. a collective as a collective badger of the week. Uh, Inter and that. Well, for me, well. that's more of a that's for more of Barresi. That's more of a Baresi or Bergumi or Calavarro or Maldini of the week because they were so outstanding. Yeah. No, 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 no. A Virgil <laughs> van Dijk of the week. A Virgil oh, van Dijk of the week. Of course, week. the greatest yeah. defender He's of the, all time. The greatest defender of all time. Yeah, yes. got it, got it. Yeah. <laughs> Speaking okay. of prime faces. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it was Michael Owen, by the way, who called Virgil van Dijk the greatest of all time. Yeah. Plus, plus many Liverpool fans as well. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so who is the prime face of the week? Because I've got one. Yeah, I think yours or what yours is the winner because I've seen that clip on social media. I have no idea who this idiot is, but it's the dumbest thing I've ever seen. <laughs> One of the dumbest things I've ever seen. Yeah, go on, man. Do you want to take it away? No, you go for it. You, you can. You can say what he said. Okay, right. Uh, okay, I I used to work with this guy. Um, so, oh, you have? Yeah. I didn't know that. <laughs> yeah, he he did he did a bit he did a bit of work for 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 a media company who I don't who I will not name, um, but uh, <laughs> yes. Yeah, Rory Jennings, basically, who's I think his nickname I've been told by some Chelsea people from Chelsea, his, his nickname's Rory the Tory, and um, yeah, he's uh, he uh, yeah he said that Erling Haaland won't even score fifteen goals this season. I think he's already scored twenty. Fifteen. He scored fifteen in the Premier League alone. In the Premier League, me. yeah, but in all competitions he scored oh, twenty. Lovely. Yeah, he's on he's on course. Uh, I I actually worked it out um, before. Before the last game, before, before the last Manchester City game at the weekend, in which he, he scored one, didn't he, at the weekend? Yeah. Uh, I think City scored four, didn't they, on, th- on Saturday. I forget who they played against now. Um, so before that game, anyway, I, I worked it out. If Haaland continued scoring at his, at his then current rate, he would finish the season for Manchester City with 101, 101 club goals for Man City. This season, if he continues <laughs> at that current rate, if he played every single game that was possible to play, so obviously the chances of that are, are you know quite slim. City would have to would have to get to the final of every cup competition. He would have to play all the games in those cup competitions plus the the Premier League, no injuries, blah blah blah. But if he continued at the current rate, he would score 101 goals. So My that, favorite that... part of that clip is when he says when he misuses the term the establishment. He doesn't even know what it means. Probably heard it on the radio on his way to work. Whatever. Well, he's he does. a Tory. I'm sure he knows what the establishment. No, means. well, that's the thing. Then, because he clearly doesn't know it. it's rude to the establishment to say that Haaland's a world class striker. That makes absolutely no sense. That's one. That's one of those things where you throw a bunch of words together and it sounds really clever to Rory. That's an actually... but It means absolutely nothing. It, it has yeah. no, it, it doesn't mean anything. That doesn't make no bloody sense at all. What are you talking about? <laughs> you absolute idiot. Like, it, yeah. What establishment? What are you talking about? You... <laughs> Never mind. Like, yeah, <laughs> the funny thing is, did he name check Salah as one of the as a member of the establishment? Didn't Salah wasn't Salah <laughs> top scorer in his first season in the Premier League? Or am I am I am yeah. I am I, am I am I getting that wrong? I'm pretty sure he was top scorer. I think, I think he scorer. was. Didn't he equal Ronaldo's record even? 
in his first season, or was it his second season? I can't remember. I think it. I think it was his first season for Liverpool. So when did he mm. leave Roma? Was it 2017-18? I'm pretty yeah. sure he finished top scorer. So like you know, the kind of idea that oh, it's your first season in the Premier League, and you, you know, you're not going to be, you're not going to be top scorer straight away in your first season. Well, a, this uh, is a video, and the guy holding his face in disbelief, he just embodies what everyone watching this cringe fest of a clip is feeling yeah we are all face palming isn't it yeah yeah it's, yeah. And it's Salah, so Salah, embarrassing Salah was top scorer in his first season and he was joint top scorer in his second season yeah. <laughs> <laughs> guy so doesn't know what go. he's talking about guy's no idea what he's talking about and what he means to say is established players but he doesn't he just doesn't he's trying to make a hot take and it was. I think it was the most having Erling Haaland be the Premier League Premier League's top goal scorer was like. It's one of those situations where I don't even think the betting companies would accept bets on that. Mm. It was such a given. Yeah. But yeah. Mm. he's also he's he's also infamous, Rory Jennings, for 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 saying that any any football fan who doesn't go to watch the their their clubs at the stadium uh, are not real football fans. That's what he. That's what he also said. He created a big. Uh, Big anger among the among the like the Chelsea fans, uh, global Chelsea fans who, you know, don't live in England. So actually, like, that's so stupid. That's such players. a dumb thing to say, especially in yeah. today's game where it's so expensive with tickets and travel and and uh, you know people who don't live who live outside of the EU and Europe getting tourist visas and I mean that that's just so stupid. Why would you mm. say something like that? Yeah. Yeah, I know. He also said that um, that Billy Gilmore um, should have pl- should be playing instead of Jorginho. Doesn't like Jorginho. Uh, <laughs> of course, he doesn't like Jorginho. Uh, could have bet my, my hated Sar- hated Sarri as well. Uh, of course yeah. he did. I, I could of go on. Of course he yeah. did. He wanted, and let me guess, he wanted Declan Rice for a hundred million pounds as well. Yes. Yes, mm, of course. Of course yeah, he did. Of course, mm, of course yeah. he did. Tick tick yeah. every single box. Yeah. Basically. Check check check. The Chelsea face. Let's call them the Chelsea yeah, faces. It's, it's per, yeah, per, Homo sapien premier faces. Chelsea, yeah, whatever. The Chelsea breed of the of the prem face, <laughs> right? Okay. Do you wanna do you wanna say goodbye today? Oh, well, I can. I always, I, yeah. I always you always screw up. I always miss, I always miss something <laughs> off. Yeah. Yes, Fun. you do. We'll be back tomorrow with a question and uh, answer episode, which is only available to patrons, uh, as well as the Thursday pod, which where we will be reviewing all the midweek action that the Serie A clubs are involved in. Must focus on the Champions League and Fiorentina Lazio. Uh, this is obviously a free episode, so if you wanted to, you, if you want to give us a five star or rating on Spotify, Google Podcasts, iOS, whatever, whatever platform you're listening to, we really appreciate it. And if you want to become a patron and if you want to support the Italian Football Podcast and get all access to all episodes, then you go to Patreon.com/tifp and sign up for only two ninety nine a month. That's it. Until next time, take care of each other and ciao ciao.